Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. Happy Father's Day. Now God's heart, I want to talk about, uh, because he has a heart for fathers, and I wanted to encourage the fathers because uh, that's what we did for Mother's Day, encourage the mothers. I want to really, really, really encourage the fathers also. And I know in the past, uh, I remember one time Sam said, well, man, why, why do you do that? I said, do what? Why do you, you know, really encourage the mothers? You just uh, said nice things about them. And then you get to Father's Day and you get on us. I said, like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know I was doing that, you know. Uh, but, uh, no, I want to really encourage our, our fathers. It's important. Um, now, even though it's God's heart, we know that we have an enemy that's against that. Matter of fact, we have a couple or three of them. Uh, we know that the devil, is, he's against anything that God wants to do. Um, anything that's very important, he knows it's important. He's going to come against it. And... Um, and we know that also uh, in the natural, our flesh comes against God's plan also because uh, God has a plan uh, for our fathers and, and things. You'll see it unfold more as, as, as we talk today. And also the world system is against God's plan as far as fathers are concerned. So it, it's, it's really um, not uh, a pretty sight when, you, when we look at the obstacles, and we wonder, uh, is, is God winning on this thing, you know? Who's winning on this thing? But God is winning. He's winning. Because even though we don't see it uh, sometimes, even though we don't feel it sometimes, uh, we know that God's plan is going to work out because he is in control. He's the sovereign. There's no one, no one in the universe, nothing in the universe can stop God's plan from uh, being carried out, not one. And so we want to start uh, in Ephesians chapter 3. We want to start there. And the background in in verse 6, we're going to really be talking about verse 15, but I'm going to lead up to that a little bit. Uh, In verse 6 and and also in the beginning of that, 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 that chapter, he, he says that um, uh, really that the, the, the Gentiles are fellow heirs and are fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the uh, promise in Christ Jesus uh, through the gospel. And so then in verse, I want to skip down to 14. 14 says, uh, for this reason... I'll bow my knees before the Father. And so we, we see that what Paul is doing. And in verse 15 is a, is a verse I won't really, really hit. It says, From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. It attains its name. It gets its name from Father God. Every family. Every family. Every male. There's a father gets that name from our Heavenly Father. 
That's what that's, that, that's, that's how the name is derived from. Is God the Father, and 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 when 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 you think about that, you say, well, hmm. I hadn't realized that because we, we, we call him Father because he is Father, uh, the, the Father of all living. You know, him, God, God created everything. It's everything. And so he's our Father. He's our Heavenly Father. And the thing is that he could have put it so we could call earthly People different than fathers or daddy or whatever. Uh, we could call them different things. But we have a name as fathers. And I say we because I'm one. We have, we have a name that is after our Heavenly Father. A name. That, that our, our children usually call us Father. He's, you know, we are their Father. And yes, we're their dad, you know. Uh, we can be their papa, you know, whatever. But you know, we are their father, and that is, to me, significant. Why did God do that? Why did He cause uh, that to to happen? And we can look with with really uh, appreciation, men that are, that are married <clears throat> and have children, that we are called by the greatest name that could be named is Father. Father. Because it's taken out the, the Father God. Father. And so uh, every time your child says, um, he's my father, my goodness gracious. Isn't that something? He's my father. He's my father. And so... Uh, yes, we have a heavenly Father. That's our Father, but we also have a earthly Father. If we uh, uh, have children, we 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 have a Father, and so uh, all of us have have a, have a Father. Some had one, you know, because you, you're not going to be birthed uh, without a Father, unless you were the first person. And we're not. But I wanted to lay a foundation scripturally for the message. Now, let's go to First Peter chapter 1. Let's go there and see what another exhortation that God gives us as fathers. It says, in verse 18, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold or from your futile way of life inherited or from your forefathers, verse 19, but with precious blood as of the lamb unblemished and Spotless, the blood of Christ. Verse 20. For he was, bef- he was foreknown. He was foreknown. 
And you could, you could say, you know, not only was Paul known, but he was, he was uh, the NIV probably would say, he was chosen. You see? He was chosen. Before, now, this is before the foundation of the world. But has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. You could say, basically, uh, your sake, you know, you might say. So the, the, the emphasis I want to put on verse 20, that God was not taken by surprise. He didn't. He he did not say, you know, when he said, "Where are you, Adam? Where, where are you?" You know, and Adam came out and with fig leaves on or whatever kind of uh, color covering he might have had. Uh, it says um, that, and he said, "Well, you know, I, 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 I was I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that? Have you partaken of this, the fruit of the tree I told you not to eat?" And so he didn't say, my goodness, what are we going to do now in heaven? He didn't say that. You know, he didn't say that. He wasn't caught by surprise. You see? So that's why he, he says in verse 20 here that for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. He was foreknown. So God wasn't taken by surprise. So he had, he had a plan. And he still has a plan. Still has it. And it's going to come to fruition without a doubt. It's going to come to fruition. And what we want to do is participate with it. With this plan. So let's go over to, to, to Genesis. Uh, because I wanted you to you to understand that that everything I'm going to talk about from here on out has to do with that verse that he wasn't caught by surprise, so therefore um, it's not an accident about what he what we read in scripture. And so when we start in in Genesis uh, chapter two, let's go there, verse seven. And eight, it is it, so wonderful. I'm telling you, fathers, it is so so wonderful what I'm about to read, and you know that you you know what I'm talking about. But but I don't know whether you really it has hit you the way it should hit us as 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 fathers. So then, the Lord God formed a man. Out of the dust, from the dust of the ground. Now, now, he could have, he could have formed the woman. But, um, but, but, say, I believe that it's the goodness of God. He does things because, not because he has to, but because he just wants to. And when I, when I saw, when I saw that he placed the man whom he had formed in the garden, I could just picture God just taking him, you know, because God can do anything. He just said, and he's there, you know, he's there. And I said, wow, that's that's really good. He didn't have to even walk, you know. 
and and as you read uh, uh, the account in Genesis, you know you you know that the man didn't have to sweat when he was working in in the garden. He didn't have to do any of those type of things. I said, man, isn't God so good? You know, He's so good. See, He loves fathers. I'm telling you, He loves fathers. He loves fathers. Verse 21. Let's go to verse 21. Go over there. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the, the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the, the flesh at the place. That's good. That's good. The Lord, the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Now, that, 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 that is so, 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 so good. Now, uh, even though it's Father's Day, I just want to let, let women know, isn't, isn't God good? He didn't, he, he didn't form the woman, out of the, the woman out of the dust or the ground. He fashioned her, you see. And, and I like that where he fashioned her. And, and and women they 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 are good for fashion today. I mean, I had to ask my wife. And I said, "This does this go to his? You know, his uh, yeah, that, that that goes together right there. That you can do that. Uh, see, he he he, my goodness, he formed a man out of the dust. But the woman, I mean, he's she's not gonna get 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 like that. I'm I'm gonna fashion her. So I said, okay, that that's good. So women, uh, it's something in the message for you too. So. So just want you to <laughs> want you to know you're still special, and I didn't change anything. You're still special, okay? Now, then it says in verse 20. Let's go to 23. It says, "The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken." A man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and she shall and they shall become one flesh. Now now that's good. That's that's excellent. Because to me, um marriage, how did marriage start? With God. It got he he didn't he didn't say for this reason. A man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined uh, to his, you know, uh, significant other. He could have said that. He could have said, you know, he, they, they just uh, habitat together. They just, you know, uh, any kind of, you know, all the different words that people use. No, he said, God did not waste anything. And he's, he was purpose for what he said. He said, he said that, and he joined to his wife, his wife. So the, the first marriage was with God. God invented marriage, and that's why marriage is very important. And we should uphold this, the, 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 the uh, uh, marriage because 
God does. It, it's those other things, Satan, our flesh, uh, the world system, all those type of things try to destroy what God has placed together. But this is God's heart from the very beginning. And the man, in verse 25, and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So this is, this is very important. Very important because God is setting this man up for success. Because he said, it's not good, which I didn't read, but you know the story. It's not good for, come on, man to be alone, you see. It, it, it was not a, a helper found for him, even though he named all the animals. It, it, it was not a, a, a helper suitable for him, but he said, I got to get him a helper suitable for him. So he, he fashions one. He fashions one for him. You see. Men, you are very important. You are very important. Before, before God even established uh, in the natural marriage, it was already from the beginning. We know that before the foundation of the world. But he already said, I can't let this man, I cannot let this man be alone. You see, I got to have, I got to make him a, a, a helper suitable for him. Not just a helper now, but suitable for this man I have made. And they're going to become one flesh. See? I said, oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. How much does God love fathers? How much does he love fathers? And you know that he loves fathers. You say, well, he wasn't a father that time. No, he wasn't a father that time. But, but we know that from the foundation of the earth, before the foundation of the world, we know that God had in his mind already that it's going to be, he's going to be a father of all living. Eve's going to be the mother of all living. So, so we know that he had it in his heart to do that because he already told him uh, to do what? Mother fly. Right? Right? Yeah, he's a mother fly. So, so that was already in the beginning. So, so you're special men. You are special all you fathers, special. You should, you should, um, society doesn't do it. Society does not honor fatherhood. You know, you know. And we as men, unfortunately, don't honor fatherhood. Either, uh, as a, now I'm speaking generally, as men collectively, we know we have plenty of men who do because we're married, but we have we have a whole bunch of men in society that don't value uh, fatherhood. Otherwise, they wouldn't be uh, doing what they're doing in society as far as uh, getting someone pregnant. Don't marry them. They shouldn't even be getting them pregnant to start with before they marry. You see, uh, so so. God has a plan, and he wants us to, to um, get on bandwagon with his plan and not the world's plan, not the world's plan. And so he has a, a plan that says that fatherhood is very important. From the very beginning, I had fatherhood in mind. From the before, before the earth was even uh, 
form, I had fatherhood in my hand. Because he is a father. He is a father. So he had fatherhood. So it's, it's very important, fathers, that you know that God had you in his mind, and he was, didn't want you to be alone, and he wanted a helper suitable for you, and he wanted you to uh, be fruitful and multiply, and he wanted you to be a good dad, a good one, just like he is. That's what he wanted. Let's look at um, Ephesians. Let's go over there because, oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, we're going to um, Ephesians 5. Let's, let's just go there. And we're going to be from 22 to 30, about 32 probably, 22 to 32, even though I put 33 on my paper. But uh, it says uh, we're going to start in verse 31. Let's start in verse 31 of Ephesians chapter 5. It says, For this reason, a man man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This, listen now, this mystery, I said, woo, mystery, this mystery is great. That's what he said, it's great. Well, I said, well, I read over there in Genesis, he should leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. So what, what mystery is that, you know? It says that, he said, but I am speaking about in reference to Christ and the church. I said, I thought we were talking about marriage. And then, yeah, I thought we were talking about marriage here, you see. And I said, man, man what are you talking about? Mystery. Well, see, we have to understand that. And if we understand that, oh, man, fathers, if women, if we understand that this is a mystery, it would change things, change things. And I'm so glad we got people in here that are married, want to be married, you know, was married, you know. They want to be married again, you know, uh, all those type of things, you know. You see, uh, this mystery, this mystery, you see, this mystery now. He's talking about not really earthly marriage. He's not talking about earthly marriage. I said, oh, you're not talking about earthly marriage? That's the head in the, the Bible. The, the, they, they wrote that up there. Marriage like Christ in the church. Oh, okay. So the mystery is it's like a, like some people say, about a parable. You know, like a metaphor. You know, uh, it, it, it's, it's talking about one thing, but it's shining a light on something that's more real. And have you ever wondered why God said, well, uh, they're not going to be in a marriage and giving them marriage in, in heaven, you see, because he's wondering, whose wife is she going to be? Because, you know, this and this and that, one, whose wife is she going to be? Well, uh, it, it says it's not going to be no marriage in, 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 in heaven. But, see, if something is a type, an uh, allegory or a, a parable, it's not the real thing. 
you see? Even though he's talking about marriage, even though from the foundation of the world, he's already have that in his, in his heart, but he's trying to show the whole world the covenant, not between this man and this woman, Adam and Eve. He's not, he's not talking about that, that covenant. He's actually trying to show the world the gospel. He's trying to show the world the love of the heavenly father for his people. He's trying to show the love of Jesus to the church. He's trying to show those two relationships. And so he says that what we're going to do, somebody talking about the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, what we're going to do, we're going to make an allegory. We're going to make, we're going to, we're going to make a, you know, a, a, a parable here so that the whole world will think they're seeing one thing and think this is the, 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 the thing, but it's really not. What they're really going to be seeing is how much I love my people. Hasn't he shown that when you, when you read the Old Testament like Israel, uh, you, know, you read about uh, God choosing one man and from that one man come the nation of Israel. And, and you, you think that, uh, and he made a covenant, of course, uh, with, with, with this one man. So he got a covenant with, with the Jews. And he says, oh, well, I look at it and I say, well, hmm, these people are never obedient. In the Old Testament, like they, they, they're not, I mean, they can't, they can't last a hot second, you know, before, you know, God can do something good for them. And then, then, then they go around the corner and then they complain about something else. And, and so, 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 uh, but see, we see how God is, though, in this relationship. Because he made a covenant and he keeps that covenant. And even though the, the, the Israelites uh, rejected him, rejected Jesus, and, 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 but they're going to come back in. He's going to take the blinders off their eyes. And they're coming back in just as we were drafted in a while, you know, uh, into a, a, a nice tree. They're going to come back in because he's going to keep his covenant. And you said, that, well, the plan is that, that he wants the whole world to be saved, to be his, all who will see him for who he is, serve him, have faith in him, and follow him, they'll be with eternity. He said, I'm going to show that in marriage. I'm going to show that in marriage. It's going to be an allegory. Now, I want you men, us fathers, to understand that we have a responsibility to not be showing somebody something that's not true. If we are supposed to be an allegory, we're supposed to be a parable, we're supposed to be a type of a relationship between Christ and the church, we're supposed to keep our covenants. Supposed to keep our covenants. We're supposed to love our wives just like Christ loves the church. Right? 
and, and women, it doesn't, you know, leave you out because you're supposed to be submissive to your husband just like the church is to, come on, Christ. Because that's what God is trying to show us. So on Father's Day, I said, you know what? I got to stop, you know, anything that gives people a wrong impression of how God is. I can say I'm going to teach on evangelism, and we can go out telling people how good God is and you ought to give your life to Jesus Christ, you know, and go to heaven and all those type of things. We can be saying something with our mouth, but showing something entirely different with our life as this allegory of our relationship between our wives and us. We're supposed to be what? A type. A type. So, fathers, we have been given a responsibility before God to represent him. To represent him. And when, when anybody sees how you respond to your wife, he's seeing how then God responds to his people, how Jesus responds to the church. Doesn't he? Because that's what, that's what it, he says that. That's what he said. He said it. He said, he said um, it's a mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. It's a mystery. And I said, man, this shines some different light. I wish somebody would have told me that when I first got married and when I was younger in my marriage because I acted foolish. You know, I didn't know nothing about no, you know, allegory. I didn't know nothing about no type and a shadow and and it's a mystery, and I didn't know all that kind of stuff. I didn't know I was representing Christ. All I know, I said, Pastor, to death do you? Paul, I said, yep, to death do it, Paul. Yep, baby. Yep. I didn't know what in the world I was talking about. You know, but see, that from now on, fathers, we know. We know that we're supposed to be showing our children the gospel. Showing our children the gospel, because when they see dad, they see faithfulness to his bride. Right? When they see dad, they see love. I mean, just like Christ loved the church and gave his life for the church, they see dad giving his life for mom. You see what I'm saying? Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Is, did, did y'all hear what I said? I mean, is that there? It's there. It's a mystery. Verse 32, it's a mystery. And so I said, wow, this is this is good. I said, man, man I wish it w- I wish y'all would have read this sooner, Minerva. You know, <laughs> we, we married, you know, this is your 52, 52 years. So, uh, but it's never too late, is it? Never too late. Never too late, Sam. Never, don't be pointing at somebody else. Do like, do this. This is never too late. Never too late, right? Never too late. Never too late. Uh, because it's an allegory. It, it, it's, it's death. I said, I said, God, 
you love fathers because not only did you give us a name that, that our children were calling us, you know, that's my father, but you also saying, I represent you, and I'm spreading the gospel more than uh, anybody ever know. I'm spreading the gospel with everything I do, everything I say to my wife. And that's why oh, we end up in First Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 8 and 9. Uh, Listen to what it says here. It says, to sum up, all of you, be harmonious. So it's talking about the, we're talking about the fathers. It's talking about the husband. It's talking about the wife, because Peter's talking about about the husband-wife relationship and stuff like that. And uh, and if you read it, you'll know that what happens if you have a husband who don't, uh, follow the, the word of God and stuff like that. It was telling the wife what was doing. But then it says, to sum up, all of you, be harmonious. Be harmonious. Sympathetic. Brotherly. Kind-hearted. And humble in spirit. Not returning evil for evil. Or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. Bless your children, fathers. Bless your children, mothers, by being what God has intended for the husband to be for this wife and for the wife to be to this husband, for the children to grow up seeing this, they will be blessed. It says, give a blessing instead of sometimes we insult one another. Sometimes we are not harmonious. Sometimes we are not sympathetic. Come on. And and so he's saying, I want you to be a witness. Uh, You know, this is a, a picture of taking it to the world, taking the gospel to the world. You are carrying it in everything you say and everything you do with this woman. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. I want a blessing. I want a blessing. And so, uh, by the grace of God, we are very, very, very important fathers. You see it in Scripture. Very, very important. Women know they are very, very important also. But together, he says, it's a mystery. I'm not talking about Father's Day. I'm not talking about Mother's Day. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, this relationship here on this earth. Because there's not going to be a need for it in heaven because, because this allegory, this type has passed away. Now you got the real deal. You're there, you know. You're there. And you'll see the love of the Father for his body. You see, so he says you inherit a blessing. So that's why, that's one of the reasons why we end every service for, this is the 25th year 
that we end with the same blessing. You say, why? Why? Because I was asked one time, hey, can we change the uh, uh, the ending to maybe another ending? I said, no. Uh, because when God says, Moses, I want you to tell Aaron, I want you to tell him that I want you to, to bless the people and, and, and bless them in this way. And when you bless them, I'm going to bless them. I said, whew. I said, these are rebellious people. But he says that you speak this blessing over them, and what you speak, I'm going to do. I said, I said, well, from day one, that's what, I'm going to have this spoken over this body so they'll know that this is what God has given me to do. I'm going to speak it every single Sunday over them because God said he will bless you. So uh, I know that he's already told me in this that we need to be kind to one another. We need to do what he said. We need to be uh, a good allegory. We need to be a good type because he says that uh, if we do, we inherit a blessing. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.